Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge, Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area And your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seeds website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Friday morning at Wax. Good morning. Bob and Joe with you here at the shank of the day, about six minutes before five o'clock as we uh, have some chores to do this morning. We'll look at that uh, report that came out from USDA. We told you about the national crop, corn and bean crop, but uh, what about soybeans and corn in Wisconsin? We've got those numbers for you. Going down the Mississippi River might be a challenge unless you're in a kayak and... uh, well, you want to host Alice in Dairyland coming up in the future. Got about a week left to do that. Brent will be in as well. Brent Wink on our program covering the crops from Winfield United. Also today, we're going to hear from uh, some folks about uh, raising kids on the farm. Not a bad thing to do, Jill. Oh, I loved it. Absolutely. Kids, and I remember talking, uh, still talking to people that have employment out there have jobs and all over the country and they said they get a midwestern kid that says they grew up on a farm they got a foot in the door because of that work ethic so what what are the implications and ramifications of raising kids on the farm not afraid to work is the bottom line on that so uh lots to talk about today also uh speaking of kids ffa and osseo we'll hear from them what are we going to hear about they're having an FFA Fall Bash this Saturday from noon till 5. It's at the Asu Fairchild High School football field. It's going to be painting pumpkins. It's going to be a cornhole tournament. There's going to be food and all kinds of fun. All right. Should be a nice day, too, because they're talking, oh, partly sunny, around 50 degrees for a high tomorrow. And I think the winds are going to die down a little bit, too. So it'll be a nice day to be an Osseo Fairchild tomorrow afternoon, Saturday afternoon. And we've got more calendar to look at, too. So we got a, a busy morning in store for us here, and we'll get at it. We'll get you updated on that weather. Well, you got a convertible? <laughs> put the top up and put it in the garage. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're also going to talk about H&S manufacturing. We'll do that over the next few days because H&S over there in Marshfield 
They've got a product, a a new tool that they built and designed, and uh, they're in the final round of the coolest thing made in Wisconsin competition. It's their new Loadmaster 2X harvesting dump cart, and uh, I think they were down to four products now in Wisconsin. I think there's an electric fire truck and, I don't know, a few other things. But uh, let's get on the bandwagon and vote for H&S. So we've got uh, the Loadmaster 2X as the coolest thing made in Wisconsin. We'll give you an idea of how to vote. It's pretty simple. We'll talk about that as we go along this morning. And again, today, chance of some precipitation snowing up to the northwest. Rice Lake, out west of Rice Lake, you might even see a little accumulate on the ground this morning. As it's kind of white up that way. 41 today, 29 tonight, 50 with partly sunny conditions tomorrow. Sunday, 44, 40 on Monday, Tuesday, about 43, partly sunny. So it should be... Uh, Pretty decent, all in all. It's 35, right? Talk about uh, what's going on around here. Reporting some snow falling, and uh, we have it right from the horse's mouth. Casey Cranbull from up there in the Rice Lake area. Good morning, Casey. Tell me about the uh, snow. What's it look like outside your window at home? Well, I'm standing on the front porch. The ground is white. The sidewalk driveway is white. So it's it's it's, it's not snowing right now, but it did snow. Every, everything is white. All right, so, and uh, yeah, the, the roof of the garage is white. So. You're used to it this time of the year, though. Oh yeah, yeah. It was three years ago. Yesterday, on my phone, we had an inch of snow on the ground. So, so it's just yeah, right. So. it's almost like being yeah, in Alaska, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Almost like being back yeah. in Alaska. <laughs> yeah, pretty close. Right. Pretty close. Yeah, yeah. We had a, we had a good time on that trip with you. So. Well, that's for Casey. Yeah, so, say hi yeah, to your bride, yeah. and uh, thanks for checking in with us. Yeah, I'll do that, Bob. You take care. There he goes. Casey Cranball up there in uh, Barron County, and again, it's, yes, indeed, it is snowing in that part of the world, and it's sticking on the ground. It's a couple minutes after 5. we got to get going. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire News. NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. The committee investigating last year's Capitol attack is voting to issue a subpoena to former President Trump. Mississippi Democrat Benny Thompson called the vote. Those in favor will say aye. 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 Those opposed is no. In the opinion of the chair, the ayes have it. During Thursday's hearing, the Democrat-controlled panel concluded Trump was the driving force behind the Capitol attack. A federal judge is blocking a federal law that prohibits possession of a firearm with an altered, obliterated, or removed serial number. U.S. District Judge Joseph Goodwin ruled yesterday there isn't a historical standard showing that guns without a serial number are more dangerous, which makes the law unconstitutional. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has signed an executive order expanding early voting and voting by mail in counties hardest hit by Hurricane Ian. The executive order issued Thursday applies to Charlotte, Lee, and Sarasota counties. It extends the early voting period from as early as October 24th through Election Day and increases the number of early voting locations. A pair of vintage Levi's jeans from the 1880s is selling for a jaw-dropping amount of money at auction. Zip Stevenson with Denim Dockers Los Angeles went in with a partner for the purchase. It was 76000 and there was an additional 15% um, buyer's premium, so it ended up being 87000 
This historic pair of pants was found in an old mine shaft in northern New Mexico, worn with splatters and holes, but mostly intact. You're listening to NBC News Radio. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Getting some snow this morning up to the northwest, and it'll gradually move further to the north and across the state that way. Don't expect any around Eau Claire. Maybe maybe a flake or two, or that that looks like that's going to be it. But as we just heard, up in Rice Lake, the ground is covered. So are the garages and the roofs on the houses. So we'll get to 41 today, 29 overnight, then tomorrow, not a bad day, partly sunny, wind should die down a little, be about 50, then in the 40s, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, 32 in Rice Lake, 33 in Medford, 34 in Marshfield, 36 in Wausau, 38 in La Crosse, 39 in Green Bay and Madison, 42 in Milwaukee. 35 degrees right here in the Chippewa Valley this morning. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Eight minutes after five on a Friday morning at Wax, Rural Mutual Insurance bringing us the markets and Joe Cash Livestock on a Friday morning. A choice fed beef steers are 137 to 153 with mixed at 112 to 136. Choice fed beef heifers are 137 to 153 with mixed at 126 to 136. Choice fed Holstein steers are 125 to 136 with select and silage fed steers 108 to 124. Cows are sixty-five to a dollar, with bulls at sixty-eight to one hundred one. Butcher hogs are seventy to eighty-six. Sows are fifty-one to seventy-one, with a top of seventy-seven. Boars are eighteen to twenty-two. Shorn market lambs are one hundred five to one hundred ten. Unshorn market lambs are ninety to one hundred five. Feeder lambs are eighty-five to one seventy-five. At the Mercantile Exchange, uh, mostly lower. Electri- uh, the live cattle for October were that contract was up twenty-seven cents. Finishing at 146.45. December cattle, 147.92 down 52. February, 151.70 down 42. And uh, April live cattle, 155.60 down uh, 20 cents. Feeder cattle, lower across the board. October, 174.75 down 75. November feeders, 176.10 down 57. January, 176.30 down 60. March, 177.57 down 67 in April. At 181.25, down 75. Lean hog carcass contracts, October was higher, up 32, closing at 93.42. December at 80.60, that was down a dime. February closed 81.72, down 15, and April at 85.40, down 15. On the board trade, it was a mixed trade yesterday. Corn and wheat were a little higher. Beans were lower. Questionable demand on the export side. Where are we going? Not sure, but overnight we had December corn down a fraction at 697 this morning. Oats down two at 405. Wheat down a fraction December at 892. November beans up six back over $14 at 1401. December meal up 70 cents a ton at $411.70. Barrel cheese up a cent and a half, 221 and a half. Blocks up a quarter of a cent at 205 and a half. Butter unchanged again yesterday at 318 and a half. October class three was up four cents at twenty one eighty nine. November down eighteen at twenty one sixteen. December down thirty at twenty forty two. January down eleven at twenty nineteen. And February down twenty one 
at 20.23. So that's the way the markets look this morning here on Wax. Again, 35 degrees right now. If you're going up to the northwest, uh, you're going to run into some snow this morning. So be aware of that. But uh, we're going to get on to Osseo Fairchild and find out what they got going on tomorrow. Joe was down there and had a chance to talk to Amelia at the uh, FFA chapter. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Fall events around the area, and I stopped into the Osseo Fairchild High School, and I talked to the FFA advisor, Amelia Hayden. You guys have a really new and unique event coming up. Tell me about it. Yeah, we're really excited to start a brand new event for families in our community this year called the FFA Fall Bash. It'll be on Saturday, October 15th, and we'll have tons of fall activities for the whole family, from cornhole tournaments to pumpkin painting contests to bouncy houses. Really, we'll have it all for kids and their parents as well. And what about the cost? A lot of the activities will be free. We will be charging for food. There will be different fall foods available for people to purchase, including a make-your-own caramel apple bar, where kids get to decorate it exactly how they want it. And it is $10 to enter into the cornhole tournament, but that's because there are prizes such as Quick Trip gas cards that are on the line to be won. So you may able to be able to make your registration cost up back. Well, even if you don't, isn't there just the collaboration of the community in there? Yeah, it's an awesome way to both support our local community in Osseo as well as the Osseo Fairchild FFA chapter and the awesome events that we run for students year-round with agriculture education and leadership opportunities. And so it's a bit of a fundraiser. You mentioned leadership opportunities. Are you guys going to some events later this month? Yes, at the end of October, we'll be headed to Indianapolis for the National FFA Convention. We're taking nine students down, and so this will also help cover a portion of the cost of the trip for them. And that was the FFA advisor here at Osseo Fairchild High School. I ran into Carmen Paulus. She's one of the organizers of this FFA Fall Bash. What are you in charge of? I'm in charge of the pumpkin painting, and so... It'll be really fun because it's a great opportunity to get out there. Do I have to bring my own pumpkin to do the pumpkin painting? No, we will provide them all there for you along with paints and everything else you need. Oh yeah, well, and we can help you out with anything too. We also will be having face painting there too, so lots of painting going on. I might be helping with that. So what age do you think is going to have the most fun with painting those pumpkins and getting their faces painted? I think that we have such a variety of activities there that everyone will have a blast. So it's good for the whole family? Yeah, everyone. <laughs> so again, tell me when, where, and tell me why you're doing it. It's the FFA Fall Bash, Saturday, October 15th, noon to 5, and it's at the Osseo Fairchild High School football field. And no admission to just walk in, right? Nope, just for some activities when that gets prizes. What do you think is going to be your favorite part of this event? Um, I think I'm just going to have a blast seeing the community come together and have fun during the fall. And I'm really excited for the caramel apples. So you have a tournament at the FFA Fall Bash. Do I have to pre-register? Yeah, so we will have a cornhole tournament, and you have to pre-register you can find us on Facebook or Instagram or basically anything. All you have to do is look up Osseo Fairchild FFA. 
What if I can't find you? What if I just talk to you? Can you help me out? Of course, we're always here to help. Sounds like a great event. The FFA Fall Bash down here at the Osseo Fairchild High School football field, Saturday, October 15th, noon to 5 p.m. A lot of activities. Looks like a good time. And that was Carmen Paulus. She's an officer and one of the organizers of the FFA Fall Bash. And I'm Jill Welke. And hopefully the community to get out and support that. Amelia, of course, is a new ag instructor and FFA advisor there at Osseo Fairchild, taking over for Eric Betcher, putting some new things in the program to renew enthusiasm at the school and the FFA program and uh, community support goes a long way for that as well. So that's tomorrow starting at noon at the Osseo Fairchild football field, right? Yep, at the Osseo Fairchild football field. It's across from the elementary school. All right, and uh, we've got more coming up. It's a Friday morning here on WAC. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 18 minutes after 5. How big's the crop in Wisconsin going to be, Jill? That USDA report came out on Wednesday, lowering the size of Wisconsin corn crop, but increased the amount of soybeans harvested in the state this year, but only by a small amount. Wisconsin's corn crop is now projected to come in at 537 million bushels, but that's down 1% from last year. But state farmers are looking at a new record for bushels per acre at 182, and that's up two bushels from last year. The reason is that farmers will harvest about 50,000 fewer acres of corn for grain across the state this fall. Soybean yields are expected to be up 1% this fall to 115 million bushels. The yield per acre is forecast to be down one bushel from last year at 54 bushels to the acre. But unlike corn, farmers will actually harvest more soybean acres this fall. Showing a big drop this year across the state is our alfalfa hay production. Total hay output is just over 2.2 million tons, down 24% from last year. And if you're planning to take a river cruise on the mighty Mississippi anytime soon, you might want to rethink those plans. Reports from the Coast Guard show the water levels on the river in some parts are at their lowest levels in over a decade, causing some barges and other ships to run aground. Last week, the Coast Guard crossed closed the river at two places in Mississippi as over 273 barges and 21 other vessels were held up at the port in Memphis. The Army Corps of Engineers is currently dredging the river in many areas to get traffic going again. Yeah, the uh, river is down, that is for sure. So, uh, again, a lot of cruise ships on the Mississippi. I'm not sure how they're going to do it either, but uh, look ahead. Hey, coming up, kids raised on the farm. How do people look at that? What are the benefits and ramifications next here on Wax? Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. The advantages of growing up on a farm, there are a lot of them. The work ethic, of course, being uh, probably one of the main ones. Bob Osel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. But besides benefits, there are some challenges and charities. Some folks are working on that uh, growing up on a farm situation for kids. That's right, Bob. Like you said, raising children on farms can create an improved work ethic, enhance problem-solving skills, and strengthen a child's immune system. However, farming is one of the most hazardous industries in the U.S. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Kyle Kishalik 
project manager at the National Farm Medicine Center on the Farm Kid Paradox Project, shares more on the studies being done regarding safety information with parent-reported benefits of farm life. As we all know, you know, farming is probably, you know, one of the most hazardous industries in the United States uh, with an increased risk of injury to those who both work and live on the farm, uh, especially with children. Every day, you know, 33 children are seriously injured on farms and ranches. Um, However, we also know that children raised on farms also enjoy, you know, certain social and health benefits. So really the tension that's between the benefits and risks and that poses problems for farm parents and safety professionals who wish to work together to mitigate children's risks, um, as well as enhance those benefits of being raised on a farm, um, between that is what we really call the, the farm kid paradox. And so we're currently exploring uh, this through the National Children's Center for Rural Agriculture, Health, and Safety and a new five-year cycle uh, at, at our center. So what do the daily research activities you conduct consist of? Yeah, so the Farm Kid Paradox team is actually consists of two groups that are conducting research activities with dairy farmers and ranchers uh, nationally. So we have a team that's actually out at uh, Kansas State University that is researching the benefits and risks of children growing up and working with beef cattle. Um, and then we also have our team here in Wisconsin at the uh, Marshall Clinic Research Institute that is looking similarly at the benefits and risks of children, again, living and working around dairy cows. So regarding these research activities, you know, we're conducting over the five-year research study. Um, these can vary in a lot of different things that we're doing. So we're conducting in-depth interviews, uh, free listening activities, which those kind of specifically involve, you know, listing off items of what activities that their children perform with beef and dairy livestock and what activities with beef and dairy that they do not let their children perform on the farm um, and discussing those benefits and risks of each one. And then finally, you know, lo- looking at and conducting a uh, pile sort that looks at each of those listed activities that was mentioned before and, you know, having participants organize them into a selection of benefits and risks of children performing the activity with dairy and beef livestock. Um, and so these activities involve not just both uh, beef and dairy parents, but also talking to safety professionals uh, in the agricultural world, you know, and they can range from a wide area of expertise and uh, backgrounds. So what trends have you seen with these activities? Yeah, so, uh, you know, we have a few, quite a few uh, anecdotal stories that are out there, uh, and a lot of the big ones really kind of pertain around, you know, work ethic and especially uh, immune system. Um, so we've been told by both farmers and safety professionals regarding work ethic as, you know, certainly being something that is highly valued and seen, for example, by employers even off the farm as a great experience and skill set that would be beneficial to have them as part of their team and organization. Um, so something, certainly something that's valued to have on a resume um, with that experience and background. Um, so some qualities that contribute to that, you know, increased work ethic are that they're not afraid to get down and dirty, for example. I think that we can all understand that farms are um, can be definitely a place that has a lot of that. So. Uh, they have, a, and they also have an attention to detail and you know quality of conducting tasks uh, and ability to problem solve in an environment that honestly can vary from day to day and activity to activity. Um, we have also seen you know parents express that you know their children have a greater sense of empathy and interdependency on the farm as well that they can provide, um, as well as a better understanding of life and death. Um, so, and these are all you know applicable to a wide range of real world applications. You know that contributes to the great work ethic and success that. Farm parents believe that it provides their children throughout their lives. So you mentioned the work ethic side of things. How about the immune system side? Yeah, so getting back to the immune system side, you know, in regards to getting back to that, you know, not afraid to get down and dirty kind of thing. And, you know, and other research studies that we're currently conducting actually at the Marshall Clinic Research Institute um, um, has shown that the effects of farm exposure benefits children's immune systems and respiratory health, you know, through strengthening them. Um, in particular, one of the findings that we found is that the greater that the exposure the child has actually to more various animals and livestock on a farm, in comparison to a child maybe that is, you know, as we would call it, maybe growing up in a more urban city-dwelling area and maybe only exposed to either no animals or like, such as the household cat or dog, um, found that farm children actually have a greater, uh, less greater incidence of developing skin allergies such as, like, atopic dermatitis. 
What type of conversations have been had with safety professionals or parents even? What types of questions are asked or being considered? So, I mean, so really the, the research team is ultimately asking ourselves, you know, three questions that we hope to answer upon completion of the interviews and the data collection activities that we are uh, doing throughout the five-year study. And these really are from, you know, what are the perceived benefits and risks of raising children around livestock? Um, how do farm parents and safety professionals differ in the risks and benefits that they perceive? And finally, how can existing injury prevention materials be refined to better leverage strategies to reduce these differences? And so, really, you know, through those multiple data collection tools and interviews, the team is, you know, targeting these questions through, um, you know, questions like, what is it like to raise kids and livestock at the same time? You know, what do you think is important about raising them? And what are the challenges of raising children and livestock at the same time? Um, and how do they decide if they let their child do something on the farm or not? And then finally, again, looking at those activities that they list of what activities they do and do not let their children perform on the farm with the livestock, what are the benefits and risks of each one of those in, in having them do those? How is this helping to bridge the gap between farm parents and safety professionals? How can safety materials about children and livestock be adapted to be more realistic for those farm parents? Yeah, so I mean, the teams at the National Children's Center in Wisconsin, Kansas, are researching how parents on dairy and beef operations, as well as agricultural safety experts, understanding the risks and benefits of the child-livestock interaction. So although existing safety resources are effective, they do not really bridge the gap between the risks and benefits that farms pose. So until now, researchers have really explored these risks and benefits separately, and it's really created a gap between farm parents and safety professionals. So given that the benefits of cattle exposure are acutely beneficial, but also a leading cause of injury, uh, we are looking at how safety materials for children and livestock can be better adapted to be more realistic and be better utilized for parents and safety professionals. This way, children on farms can remain safe, but also receive those incredible benefits that farm life can provide. And again, growing up on the farm, a great way to grow up. No question about it in Wisconsin or any other state. And uh, again, our charity Seebecker talking with Carl Kashalik about that. Raising kids on the farm. 28 minutes after 5 o'clock, we'll get some news. Coming up next on Wax 35 Degrees, looking for only 41 today and snow up to the west and the north. Time to head west. California, here we come on a beautiful farm tour to California, February 10th through the 18th. We'll start in San Francisco, visit an almond orchard, olive oil, dairy farms, the Hillmar Cheese Factory, so much more, including the California Redwoods. Visit HolidayVacations.com, keyword Wax, to learn more about our tour watch a travel show or call 888-557-1020 for a free brochure february 10th through the 18th feeding information to the folks who feed you wax 104.5 and the midwest farm report well let's go california dreaming in the newsroom with the young lady that she just seems like she should be from California. <laughs> McCarthy. Yeah, wait until I throw a hay bale, then you wouldn't say that. More hay bales than uh, beach balls in my world, that's yeah, for sure. I know, it. I know, it. it is a different world out there, but it's an interesting place to visit. I it's think one of those it's, things, we don't want to live there, but it's a nice place to visit. The more north you go, the better it gets, in yep, my opinion, yep, in California. Yep. It's beautiful up the north and follow the PCH up the coast. Yeah, we're staying away from uh, L.A., <laughs> Going to stay up in San Francisco, San Jose, Monterey. Beautiful. Oh, that's a good plan. You I like that is. idea. You better, but that's not till February. We got to do other things first. What's going on this morning? Well, we're going to start with headlines that keep us here in America's Dairyland. Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. Now, we did have that update from Barron County yesterday, and more details as a second teenage girl has died after the wreck. Seven one five newsroom coverage with John DeMaster brings us more. The sheriff's office says the fifteen year old girl that was severely hurt in the crash passed away yesterday. 
One of the 14-year-olds that was hurt died on Tuesday. A third girl, also 14 years old, continues fighting for her life. Barron County Sheriff says the 16-year-old boy that was driving at the time was high and speeding. Investigators say he lost control of his car and flipped it several times. I'm John DeMaster. Well, the sheriff in Rusk County says a man is dead after hitting a deer while riding an ATV. It happened in Big Bend Township. Deputies say the man was tossed from his ATV in the crash, and authorities say he suffered serious head injuries. Looking into the courts, we continue on with the story we've been following all week, Daryl Brooks' trial in the Waukesha County DA saying that while Brooks is representing himself, he's relying on the work done by the public defenders he dismissed. Sounded like this behind doors. They did all the homework, and he's simply sitting here reading their notes, reading their cross-examination questions, and asking the questions, and then going on to his ridiculous questions having to do with his belief in the sovereign citizen movement. Jurors heard their testimony from more survivors and prosecutors plan to wrap up their case by Monday. Brooks does face more than 70 charges in connection with last November's tragedy, which killed six people and injured dozens more. A peak in Mother Nature shows a rarity. Four tornadoes actually touched down. National Weather Service said that four tornadoes touched down. They were part of a quick line of storms that rolled through the southeastern part of our state midday. No injuries reported, but plenty of tree limbs knocked down and some other damage that had the chainsaws fired up. If you like your main streets, you're not alone, and they're the main attraction in a lot of Wisconsin towns. And now over 6,600 more small businesses and nonprofits across Wisconsin are getting some Main Street bounce-back grants from the government. Governor Tony Evers announcing those grants will go to all 72 Wisconsin counties. They're investing to plan millions into that program to revitalize Wisconsin's main streets. And a pair of vintage Levi's from the 1880s sells for a jaw-dropping amount of money at auction. They uh, say they weren't expecting this much. It was 76000 and there was an additional 15% um, buyer's premium. So it ended up being $87,000. $87,000 for those jeans, which is about 1,100 times more than the price of the cheapest Levi's today. So we better keep those Wranglers clean as we send you back to the barn with uh, Bob Jill and the Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. Who wore them? Roy Rogers or someplace? Somebody, I, um, I don't know. They have quite a bit of provenance, I think, uh, boy, oh, for 87000 I guess so. They were yeah. actually found in an old mine shaft in oh, northern really? Mexico. So they were, you know, kind of dirty and had splatters and holes. But isn't that how they sell these days? Anyways, right? Looks like they're right off the rack. Hey, my daughter's 12 and she would love them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, ma'am. Anytime, Bob. There you go. Did you have snow over in Boyceville coming in? Not a flake okay. and flurry. That's okay. They can keep it up north yep. for a while. All right. Well, that's where it is. All right. We'll check our weather here in just a few minutes. We got Mike coming in. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, we know it's snowing up to the north and west. Let's find out the rest of the forecast for our area. Mike Danry is over at Skywarn 13 versus or courtesy of Chippewa Valley Bean and uh, talk to some folks. And brought to you the, by uh, No, it's not. We told you it's brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean. I said that already. <laughs> this board is haunted this morning anyway, but Mike Dandry is over there courtesy of Chippewa Valley Bean. And uh, snow on the ground, snow on the roofs up in Rice Lake. Yeah, there's uh, there's actually some relatively heavier snow showers that are moving through. But uh, for right now, I was just out on the patio. Only I saw two flakes, I counted. But uh, they're going to start picking up pretty soon, it looks like. 
Right now, we do have mostly cloudy skies. That's going to be the case for today, and temperatures aren't really going to warm up too much. Now, we'll have some of these snow showers lasting through the mid-morning, and then a chance that a few rain showers uh, working their way in as well. Highs in the low 40s. We'll get a break from the wind today, but later tonight, partly to mostly cloudy skies, upper 20s for our lows. Tomorrow will be a little bit warmer and a bit breezy. Winds mostly out of the west-southwest, and uh, temperatures getting to around the 50-degree mark. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy, upper 30s for our lows, and then another breezy day on Sunday. Winds could gust near 30 miles per hour at times, and we'll have a good bit of cloud cover. But this comes ahead of another push of some cold air that's heading our way. Mid to upper 20s for our overnight lows Sunday night. More sunshine to kick off next week, but highs only into the upper 30s and low 40s for Monday. Tuesday, slightly warmer, low 40s for our highs and low 20s for our overnight lows Monday and Tuesday night. Wednesday, we start to get a little bit of relief, upper 40s for our highs. Still a good bit of sunshine into Thursday as well, with highs right around the 50-degree mark. Right now, we do have some snow showers in the area, otherwise overcast skies and a temperature of 35 degrees. No, oh, it doesn't sound like convertible weather anytime soon. Well, like I said yesterday, you can always uh, put the roof down and cruise with the convertible and try to catch some snowflakes on the way. Oh, that, that would be fun. Like a good idea. Yeah, that's yeah, great. No. Nothing could go wrong no, there, I right? Guess not. That would be fun. <laughs> Have a good week. Absolutely, you too, Bob. There he goes, Mike Dandry over at Skywarn 13 with our weather. Brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 21 minutes now before 6 o'clock. Still got a lot of chores to do this morning, including uh, tell people, Jill, that in some of the counties around Wisconsin, if you want to host Alice in Dairyland, you still have an opportunity. There's only one week left for any counties that would like to host the Alice in Dairyland Finals in 2024, 25, 26, or 2027. Application to host are due at the Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection by next Friday, October 20th. Next year's finals to select our 76th Alice will be in Walworth County in May. And again, H&S Manufacturing is in the running. They're down to the final four for the coolest thing made in Wisconsin competition. And H&S's item is the Loadmaster 2X Harvesting Dump Cart that uh, has made the final round. Now, you need to vote to help make it official, and you can vote for the Loadmaster 2X from H&S every day. Go to madeinwis.com, or you can find a link at the H&S Facebook and Instagram pages. Have until October 19th, so let's rack up the votes for H&S's Loadmaster 2X. You already did it this morning, didn't you? I did. I actually just Googled it on the computer and Googled H&S Manufacturing. They got the link right on their website. Click, click, and I voted for it. All right, so get that done. You can uh, make your vote count. I don't know if you can vote 700 times a day if you want or how it will work. but uh, It says once a day. Once a day. All right, so uh, get in there and vote for the Loadmaster 2X from H&S for the coolest thing made in Wisconsin. We talked already about Osseo Fairchild, the FFA, having their big event tomorrow at the football field from noon until about 5, but uh, don't we have a, a Ludafisk supper someplace? We do have a Ludafisk and meat mall dinner. That will be on Sunday from... 11.30 till 2 at the Big Drywood Lutheran Church, just outside of Kadat off of 27. All right, and uh, I saw Carl Dooley had something on there over in Buffalo County, uh, something over in Alma. I think they've got a, 
a big supper at one of the churches over there. I do believe I don't have my phone with me here in the studio, but again, that's coming up this weekend. So check on that or give Carl a call and see what he's talking about. But lots of good fall meals coming up around the area. You got one? Let us know and we'll, uh, we'll share it with the folks. We've got markets to get to as we move forward on Wax. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's 17 minutes before 6 o'clock, 35 degrees out there, and it's time to hear from Jim Lindsay and Equity Altoona. With a light test on the fat cattle market today, we're going to go right to the cull cows. Top 20% of the cull cows sold from 70 to 82. We had a top of 84 and a half. 60% of the cows sold from 54 to 69. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 53 and down. Cull bulls sold from 80 to a dollar with a top of 101. Thin, full, horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from $50 to $110 per head. Light and pork quality calves sold from $50 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $100 to $235 per head. Sows on Thursday sold from $55 to $71. Our next special feeder sale is this Friday, October 14th, starting at noon. We are expecting around 250 head for the sale. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA, or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Assignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 13 minutes before 6 o'clock. Let's head over to the Equity Stratford barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Well, we got any snow in central Wisconsin, Jerry? Well, Bob, and a good morning to you. Uh, not that I can see here. I didn't really go off and take a look, but uh, we were talking off here about uh, certainly it looks like northwestern Wisconsin. Some, huh? Yeah, they're getting some on the ground, and uh, I don't think it's going to be uh, get out the skid steer to move it. It's not that much, but uh, it's there. Hey, wrap up the week for us. A busy week over at Stratford, huh? I will do that, Bob. Thank you, and good morning, everyone. A summary from yesterday, Thursday, this past week here at Equity Stratford. We'll start out with the market cows. Uh, uh, overall market uh, beef animals, uh, beef market on an overall weaker trend this week. On the cow market yesterday on the close, high-yielding fleshy Holstein cows and high-yielding beef cows selling from 72 up to a top of 86. Uh, we did have a few cows higher than that during the week, uh, these high-yielding beef cows, a few of those in the upper 80s or 90s, but most of the cows this week selling from uh, 52 to 72, thinner cows below 50. On the bull trade this week, your better quality bulls mostly from 92 to 105 with a top at 110, lighter bulls 85 and below. On the fed cattle trade this week, choice grading Holstein steers are selling mostly from $1.18 to $1.30. High yielding choice is strictly prime Holsteins from 130 to 135. Select grading cattle under finished cattle, $1.14 and below. Uh, on the organic market on Tuesday, high yielding organic cows selling mostly from 85 to $1 per pound. On the calf market to close out the week, uh, 9,230 pound good quality Holstein bull calves yesterday, mostly from 50 to 130, a few to 140. Uh, heifer calves, uh, 25 to 40 good quality beef calves, 175 to 350. Uh, they did top this week at 395. And, uh, Taking a look at next week here at Equity Stratford, full marketing week on tap, of course. Our next hay auction will be next Tuesday. Also, our next dairy sale next Tuesday. And our next feeder cattle auction will be next Wednesday. So, uh, folks, again, uh, if you have any questions or uh, concerns about marketing or cattle to sell, let us know. 
1-800-687-4101 is our phone number. You can check everything out on our website, Equity Co-op. Click on the Stratford page. So, Bob, what, that's what we have for the folks here this morning. Uh, you guys enjoy the weekend, and uh, I don't think we have to worry about uh, getting a sun tan or a sunburn anyway. No, huh? I don't think the lakes will be too busy with, uh, with boats, that's for sure. Have a good one, Jay, and we will talk to you on Monday. Jerry Fitzgerald at Stratford Equity. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And taking a look at the Board of Trade, uh, mixed yesterday as traders are still trying to, to grasp that report from earlier this week and also looking at demand. Where is it at? Overnight, December corn down a fraction at 697. The oats sitting at 405 this morning. December wheat down a fraction at 892. November soybeans up six at 1401 and meal up 70 cents a ton on the December contract, $411.70. Country elevator prices, Jill? Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls and Connersville location, corn's at 632 with soybeans at 1326. Doomer's Grain of Holman, corn's at 636 with soybeans at 1314. On our DTN screen this morning, Golden Plump has corn at 667. Baldwin, 642 and 1316. At Duran, corn is 632, soybeans 1306. Mondovi, 637 and 1316. Elmwood, 642, 1321. At Fall Creek, 627 and 1281. Osseo, 647 on the corn, 1321. The beans out at Elk Mound, soybeans 1321. Sparta, the corn is 642 today, beans 1312. And at Ellsworth, 622 and 1266. At the ethanol plants, Corn at Boyceville, 642. Stanley, 646. The Richmond Grain Facility at 644. Barrel cheese, uh, cent and a half higher at 221 and a half. The blocks up a quarter at 205 and a half. And the butter unchanged, 318 and a half. October class three up four, 2189. November down 18 at 2116. December down 30 at 2042. January down 11 at 2019. And February down 21 at 2023. It's a Friday morning and we're still in the planting, growing, although those are getting behind us. But the harvesting season is still with us. Brent Wink joins us on our Covering the Crops program, brought to you by uh, Winfield United. And how much have you got done on your farm? Well, good morning. Uh, we finished soybeans Tuesday night okay. before the rain came, or little rain Wednesday mm-hmm. morning. So that's always a good feeling to have that done. And actually, Were they any good? You know, they're kind of all over the board. It's if we didn't get rain, they weren't that great. And then yep. where you did get rain on some of the farms, they were they were pretty decent. So we actually got into a little bit of corn Tuesday night as well. So we'll kind of see more of that. But, you know, that's kind of this season. You know, uh, yesterday I think I sent out a, a bunch of data to the agronomists at Alcivia and Synergy Co-op and all the co-ops in my territory. It's just huge data dumps coming in and just... Uh, some things more local and close to home, the Menominee answer plot, the soybeans got harvested a few days ago before the rain. We got the, the data on that. Actually, I think the corn got harvested yesterday, so we don't have the final results. But just, uh, you know, in general, it's I'm hearing a lot of reports, and, and we're certainly, we saw it in the answer plot over at Menominee. You know, where the, we got rain, Menominee answer plots irrigated. But just in talking with growers, Soybean yields where we had the weather are coming in probably greater than expected in a lot of areas, uh, maybe a little higher than their five-year averages. And for some growers have told me it might end up being uh, some of their best crop. But some of the things I, I found interesting, you know, we had uh, some soybeans actually that 
that were almost at 100 bushel over at Menominee. But when I look at the three different maturity sets that we test, we have a group 1.2, so that's kind of the earlier beans, the group 1.6, and then a group 2.0 beans. And when I looked at the average from all of those three blocks, the average was all very, very similar. Uh, they All three blocks averaged about 85 bushels, so you have beans kind of all across the board. So it, it was kind of interesting to see the, the reward for later soybeans wasn't really that great this year. Switching over to corn, we're starting to get some of the early data in uh, western Minnesota, kind of around the Twin Cities. That stuff starts coming in a little sooner than we get Wisconsin's data. And it's just the opposite there. It, it, we're really seeing that uh, high heat middle of the summer to the end reward the maturities. So, for instance, a lot of the plots that I was looking at uh, around the Twin Cities and, and that had came off in Minnesota, there again we have 90-day maturity sets on corn, 95-day maturity sets, and 100-day maturity sets. And a couple of the plots from the 95-day corn to the 100-day corn we're seeing about a 10 to 15 bushel spread on that later maturity set, which, again, if you have a shortened season, sometimes that can really come back to haunt you. But uh, moistures are actually pretty respectable. A lot of those plots uh, that had came off are are down under 20%. And, again, seeing that reward. So as, as growers are harvesting their own farms, you know, again, that's just something that a trend that I've seen in the answer plots. And so you're making your decisions for next year. It appears that, you know, we're not quite rewarded all the time for pushing our maturities on beans. So maybe some of the, the, uh, middle maturities give you the opportunity to get the soybeans going a little quicker. And then on the corn this year in particular, it was just the opposite. So it's just something to kind of look at as you're making your decisions on your own farm. Uh, again, all the agronomists have all this data. There's just there's too many uh, sheets of paper to go through, and that's what they're kind of all working on deciphering and, and all of us to kind of look for consistency in the different varieties and hybrids of corn uh, for helping to make those recommendations. But some very, very strong performance. A lot of these corn plots are coming in 235 to 270 bushel corn uh, out west of the cities. And again, the soybeans here in Menominee, the top variety was 98 bushel, and uh, the, the mean or the plot average was, was 85. So some very strong yields coming in. Hopefully we'll, we won't get much of that white stuff on the ground, and in a lot of areas we can finish up soybeans hopefully next week, find some weather to get back into the fields. Yeah, that's what we need, that's for sure. Oh, that's good to hear those yields. That's nice. 98 bushels. Ooh, that's, yes. That's good stuff. You bet. All right, sir. We appreciate it, and you have a good weekend. Yeah, you too as well. Brent Wink on our Covering the Crops program with Winfield United. 5035. Uh, I was looking at 557 here. we got to get rolling because Alex is getting anxious. 41 today, a chance of precipitation. Enjoy the weekend. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadak. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.